1: Given everything that's happening out in the world, peaceful protests and riots and people fighting for their lives, literally, we decided to talk about a very different virus. So we produced two episodes this week, and this one is to talk about the virus that is hate, the virus that is racism. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I'd, I'd love to just kind of talk to you about what is happening, what we think is really important about this moment, you know? Yeah. I was listening to Trevor Noah speak about what he was calling a domino effect of, you know, everyone is home and thus less capable of ignoring things that are shared on social media. Mm-hmm. And then Ahmad Arbery happens, and then Amy Cooper and Christian Cooper's interaction happens, and then George Floyd, and then boom.
0: I think I think this was simmering from before those three. I'm going to say violent interactions occurred. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it started, so again, speaking from a Toronto perspective, I think it started with, uh, and my God, I'm forgetting his name, not Devontae Miller. That's another person. Yep, yeah. Um, The the young gentleman who just passed, who was killed in Brampton the other day, two or three weeks ago, who had mental health issues. I'm forgetting his name. I apologize. I really should remember his name, but there are so many. Things started there for me, as in, I shouldn't say started there. Obviously, I've been paying attention to this with deep regret for some time. But as I pointed out before, um, I didn't allow myself to actually feel it because I just didn't feel that, um, feeling those emotions would be effective in trying to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And especially for me as a, as a, as a, as a, as a black man who is quite frankly, strong, who many people are already afraid of just because of the fact that I'm big, I have a deep voice, I'm intelligent. It started from before that. And, and just, it, it bubbled up it bubbled up because it doesn't matter if we're talking about Canada and, and listen, we, we should even drill down here to, to all of our Canadian listeners. Obviously you are welcome to listen and this matters to you too, but we're sitting, both patients and I are sitting in the greater Toronto and Hamilton area. And we have to speak to things from our perspective.
1: I, I, I think I feel what you're saying. Like the, this stuff has been happening for so long and it, it can feel like an impossible problem to solve from my kind of history of studying power uh, in political science, we know that people who have, people who are given power are likely to abuse that power.
0: Without the proper checks and balances.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we also know that when we're talking about the police, that there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot of, of power there, arguably isn't enough training and as mental health becomes better known i don't i'm not sure that folks are um folks in the police force are are handling it properly so i I, if if we may i'd like to talk about what happened with um regis because i think after it happened after i read more about what was happening i reached out to my friend who is um pursuing her um, masters of nursing and she wants to be a nurse practitioner who focuses on mental health. Mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, why would Regis's family call 911 instead of calling, I don't know, maybe a mental health helpline or something like that? Mm-hmm. And then okay. we started to, pardon?
0: I, I just feel I know where you're going because Tamika and I had the same conversation.
1: Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm what we ended up kind of discerning or, or, deducing the conversation to was that first of all people black people especially don't really know what is available to them mm-hmm. they don't know that there's a unit of the toronto police that deals specifically with mental health they don't know that they can drive that member of their family to cam and leave them in the capable hands of someone in CAMH's emergency or urgent care department mm-hmm. they don't know um that that 911 isn't always the the best place to call and and frankly and the, and then there's the second half which is that when you call 911 you're not telling them who to send you're telling 911 that you have a problem and they are supposed to discern whether or not you need an ambulance you need a f- the fire department or you need the police and somewhere between that phone call and the police showing up to their apartment at 100 High Park, there were a number of d- decisions made that were not um, conducive to saving that that young woman. It, it really hit me hard. The, the the readers thing hit me hard because I am a 29 year old black woman. Mm-hmm. And it could have very easily been, I've always thought, you know, I work a lot and I'm always on the go and, I, I could have snapped at any point in time, or I could have needed, you know, someone to call um, cam or a mental health practitioner um, to come and, and deal with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that had happened and I had scared and I'm using scared with, with air quotes here, and I had scared one of the officers, I could have been killed. Yep. But yeah, well, t- tell me about what you and Tamika were talking about when it comes to the, the Regis case.
0: Tanika and I discussed the fact that um, I believe she had read, because I didn't see it myself, she read that the the family did make clear that they did need mental health assistance. And Mm -hmm. and what she pointed out, because she is a part of the Toronto, really Ontario security apparatus as a probation and parole officer, right? So Mm -hmm. she knows this stuff. What Mm -hmm. she pointed out was that because uh, I believe it was either the mother or whoever it was who called the police three times and had mentioned that, Regis was apparently holding a knife that apparently gave police the, the rationale to not, or maybe I should even start by saying there is an actual team within Toronto police that the the team is supposed to be sent to calls like this, but because police were told that Regis had a knife and they were called three times, they decided not to send that team because in their words, they wanted to protect the safety of the mental health team. Mm. Now, I, I just don't think that's adequate. I, that's not good enough. I'm sorry because the team is there to stop this from happening. The point is you, you signed up for this. You signed up to work with those who need mental health help. So I'm, I'm not trying to say that the mental health workers are the ones who try to get out of this, but to use the, the, the reasoning, the rationale that, that you wanted to keep them safe, I just, that doesn't sit right with me. It's your job. And if they had been able to do their job, Regis would be alive today.
1: Even if you bring that unit and keep them in a safe third location until you're able to assess the situation and then bring them in, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I, I agree that that there there are there seems to have been so many other ways to have really avoided this from from being the result.
0: Regis is the latest. Ontario, the latest Toronto example of many people who have been dying, many Black people and Indigenous people who've been dying at the hands of police when they needed mental health support. Um, A 2018 report from the Ontario Human Rights Commission found that Black people in particular were more likely to be killed or injured by Toronto police than white people. The report revealed that between 2013 and 2017, a Black person was 20 times more likely than a white person to be involved in a fatal shooting by Toronto police. It revealed that Black people made up sixty percent of deadly encounters with Toronto police and seventy percent of fatal shootings. And yet, Black people, at least between twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen, only accounted for nine percent of Toronto's population. There's a that's a problem. Over,
1: it's a gross yes. overrepresentation. Yes, gross overrepresentation. Massive.
0: That's a massive problem. So when you when you take that into account, and then you see people who are dying. When they need help from police, Black or otherwise, well, I, you know I, yesterday I heard Sandy Hudson from Black Lives Matter Toronto say that she wants three things to happen moving forward. One, the police budget needs to be reduced so that two, savings from said police budget should, could be reinvested into hiring an army of frontline mental health workers like the team we just mentioned so that there's enough of them that they are always sent first when these situations arise. And Mm -hmm. finally, stop playing along with PR exercises that are only lip service to Black people and Black needs. Now, uh, you know, we can have a debate about that because I think that there are many people who are not Black who want to be part of the solution, and we need to make sure that we are not shutting them away. But she has a point, right? There's There's a lot of people who are paying just lip service, we need that to stop.
1: I wonder, I, we in Canada tend to compare ourselves to folks south of the border, and we think that we're better. Mm. I, what I've loved about the last week mm. in terms of news is that we have been very clear. You have been clear, Curtis, on your platform. I have tried to be clear on my platform. We are not better.
0: In fact, patients. I don't know if you saw with the uh, with the protest yesterday for Regis mm-hmm. um, outside of an apartment. A, a a man decided that he was going to throw bleach on protesters. So bleach. he went. He decided to bleach. He decided to go to his window. So no. Let, let's let's break this down because it, it puts into perspective just how evil this is. He decided that he was going to fill something, whether it's a whatever kind of container with bleach, and he would have had to walk to get that bleach, pour it in, walk to his window, lift open the window, and then pour that bleach onto people. If that is not, And then these people are, are protesting their own, being killed by the hands of the state. If that is not white supremacy, I don't know what is. And if that does not make clear that people right here in Toronto, as I and many others have been saying, are reflecting the same attitudes that killed George Floyd and others. If it is not clear that this is right here in Toronto, I don't know what else to say.
1: I didn't know. I saw that clip. I thought that was water. I I can
0: even send you the article right now because a lot of people did think it was water, and then it was made clear that it was actually bleach. Wow.
1: Um, Yeah. That that is certainly evil. But I do think that that is the first step. The first step, the unmasking, the dispelling of the Mm -hmm. myth that we are better, and only then, once we have seen Canadians, white Canadians for who they are and their embodiment of white supremacy, that I think is, is the first step to really moving to, to fix this.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: Mm-hmm. To then talk about the other Canadian, Amy Cooper. Hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why so many people were surprised at the Amy Cooper. It was every day of my life.
0: Like, it's it's completely normal. <laughs> it's That's so, completely normal.
1: So normal. So normal that you would look at somebody, assess your power and their power and exert your power. Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like people you know, we're having a conversation about race, but ultimately this all comes down to power. They use power over others when they can to get their way and it is it's insidious and it is violent. Where we are lucky, Christian is lucky that it didn't get worse with Amy, with dumbass Amy talking about oh my life is ruined now and I never meant to hurt yeah the fuck you did I'm sorry I I didn't mean to swear like that but the the other thing I think that has to be taken into account here and has to be called out is people who who lie once they're caught
1: yeah
0: and there are people who continue to allow them to get away with it allow them the benefit of the I was about to swear again the the benefit of the doubt that we as black people are not afforded we as people of color are not afforded.
1: Absolutely, and that's actually. So I had a conversation. I I'll be. Uh, I I make a I make a point to talk to white people about how I have felt about the news in the last couple of weeks, because like I've still mm-hmm. had to go to work every day, right? So on mm-hmm. Friday, I I there's a member of my team, so somebody who reports to me, I am their boss, who is a, a white mm-hmm. person, and they asked me about everything that's going on. So I, you know, and and they expressed some sympathy for Amy Cooper. They said, you know, for Amy. Cooper. Uh, Because, you know, Amy lost her job and, you know, her life is ruined. And I had to stop them and say, and and I'm saying this to everybody today, Amy Cooper will be just fine. Give Amy Cooper six weeks, fam. Six weeks. Another bank will call her and say, I saw what happened to you. I'm so sorry. I knew you didn't mean to do that. And give her another leadership position at their institution. Amy Cooper will be Correct. just fine.
0: Or, or worse, to be honest, because we're, we are talking about the United States, which is a lot more divided than Canada.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the United States, and Amy Cooper, who, you know, she might have felt like she was an everyday person, kind of in the middle of the political spectrum. Now she can easily go to the right of the spectrum and still be just fine, as you pointed out. She, she may not be accepted by reasonable people anymore, but you, you, you can be damn sure she's going to be accepted by the alt-right and the far-right and the white supremacy groups.
1: Absolutely.
0: So when you say Amy, you feel bad for Amy, who will be just fine. But you, you see Black people or brown people, and, and you don't afford us that same grace.
1: Mm-hmm. When we,
0: we can't go just anywhere. We can't do what Amy Kubrick can do absolutely not in many cases we take what we can get yeah. despite how bright we are and how much we have to give and how powerful we are we take what we can get we can't do what amy can do and you feel bad for amy you're nuts it's
1: nuts, but I, nuts. I, but I but i like that we have seen you know a nice canadian girl do <laughs> what she really does you know what i mean because mm-hmm. we're always like canadians are so nice they're so polite i'm sure amy cooper is mad polite you know but racism like being angry or being frustrated in the moment does not equal racism like amy is a is racist and she learned that behavior from somewhere a canadian family
0: so are we like we're we're gonna get serious about talking about the root causes of white supremacy and racism and power imbalances right Mm -hmm. i hope i hope that that's I, i hope that I hope that our leaders are truly listening and some of them are. So that's a good that's the good sign. But I hope even the ones who don't want to talk about this, because we know that there are.
1: Well let's if we if if you'd like, I'd like to get into I like to do political examinations, Curtis. You know this. Let's <laughs> let's look at, at our three our three leaders. Let's look at Trudeau, Ford, and Tory. Mm-hmm. And let's see how you think they're they are responding or have responded or have not responded to what is happening and and what does that really mean
0: yeah so um we know that in so i'll start at the federal level with justin trudeau we know that Mm -hmm. uh in 20 either 17 or 2018 he did make the call to basically be in line with the un's international decade of african descent Yep. Am I saying that correctly? So yep, we, that we know is that it. Justin Trudeau aligned our country to that, and we know that as a result of that, he pledged twenty-five million dollars for Black Canadians, specifically for us. And, and uh, patients, you and I both know how you know there are literally right now conversations happening about how Black businesses, Black entrepreneurs, can tap into that money. Yep. Um, so that's good. And, you know, even in, even with the, in the light of, of George Floyd being killed in particular, I say George Floyd as, a, as opposed to Regis, because Justin Trudeau spoke about George Floyd, you know, he made very clear there is anti-Black racism, there is white supremacy, and we need to be doing something about it.
1: And in his statement, he included that his brownface, Blackface stunt was racist. I didn't even see that oh my goodness are you kidding i missed that no he said like i was like okay here we are good very good yeah very good it i think was was absolutely an opportunity for him but i I still think it's it's, is pretty significant for him to to personalize his response to the george floyd stuff and it's it's wonderful yeah it's 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 wonderful but it's also just I think I think what he was doing was a a bit of role modeling like Mm -hmm. if I can admit as you know a nice guy that what I did was racist Hmm. then every person every white person every person in Canada should be able to look at some of their actions and say you know what this was racist I, I really appreciated that
0: as do I Wow. I didn't, I'm so surprised I didn't hear that. Now with Doug Ford, it's complicated. Well, it's not complicated, but there's, there's a lot to cover. Um, And I, to be honest with you patients, do you, do you know the information? Cause I kind of.
1: I can't find any, did he, did he make a statement?
0: No. So he hasn't made a statement about this shit, but like, he made changes, negative changes to police parameters that were supposed to make policing better. And yet at the same time, this is why I'm saying it's complicated because I actually spoke with Justice Michael Tulloch myself. And, um, you know, Justice Tulloch made it very clear. Actually, no, they adopted the overwhelming majority of his recommendations regarding carding, for example. So they, they what happened? Yeah, now I'm remembering. So they, 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 they put a, a, a moratorium, is what they did. They put a moratorium on what the liberals brought in to make policing better. And then they never really talked about it afterward because obviously their base doesn't care about that shit. Yeah. Um, but they did implement it. They did implement it. But then, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're hearing, we've heard some good from Doug Ford. We've obviously just heard bad. Um, with the COVID-19 pandemic now, I'm jumping a few years forward since Doug Ford's been elected, but the COVID-19 pandemic now, he, he, he very quickly um, decided that we should start collecting race-based data in the province of Ontario. Yeah. So it's complicated.
1: John um. Tory,
0: I remember with him, you know, in his early days, it was funny because there was a lot of pushback from the Black community, especially those who supported him. When he, uh, I think it was on a, a radio show, he, 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 he downplayed the significance of white supremacy and anti-Black racism.
1: I, think I remember he this.
0: upset, it doesn't exist or he doesn't understand it, right? And he got an earful for it and he's changed his tune and he's actually put deeds to words since then. Um, you know, I I wish I had all that in front of me, but there there's actually an anti-black racism director within the city of Toronto. I don't yep. know if a lot of people know that.
1: Yeah,
0: and it actually is well funded. There's actually good people like uh, Anthony
1: Morgan.
0: Anthony Morgan is exactly the fact that we both know his name. This is a very prominent black lawyer who cares deeply about anti-black racism, and and that is who is leading this this department. So, the city of Toronto is doing it right. You know, John Tory, Justin Trudeau. Um, I'd I'd give them both, you know, bees maybe until they do more. Mm -hmm. And Doug Ford, quite frankly, I need to do more research.
1: I do think that, that Doug Ford is less of a statement guy and more of a action speak louder than words guy. So I do think that perhaps there's less of a statement and more of I represent Etobicoke North. Etobicoke North is perhaps one of the most racially diverse ridings in the entire country Mm -hmm. let alone the province so i i do think that he may uh kind of be 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 resting a little bit on that but you're right i think um if if there's someone who has a little bit more information about what doug ford has been saying and what his position is on all of the i don't know what do i call this the the, the george floyd racism white supremacy stuff uh i'd love to hear from anyone who, who knows more about what doug ford is doing
0: I'll be honest. I'm not holding my breath. I mean, if he's smart, he will, he will wade into this, but he may not. And, and I, I, you know, I I said this earlier today, what one of the things that we need to do now is we need to hold our elected officials accountable. So that, that, that means everybody from counselors and regional counselors to MPPs and MPs and mayors and premiers and the prime minister, we need to hold them accountable to make thoughtful decisions and thoughtful policy that will eradicate in this case racism but there's let's also remember there's so many other there's so many other bad things happening we need people who are going to use their power to make life better Mm
1: -hmm. and if
0: they are not using that power to make life better for the majority of people as opposed to just rich people who don't care about this kind of stuff then they need to be replaced by others who will
1: absolutely Yeah.